high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on, on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown. Today's show, what's next for the Edmonton Oilers? Well, first, you have to acknowledge there's a problem, and I think we are there. Second, the transition from man-to-man to zone defense should not be more difficult than landing a man on the moon. If it is, maybe it's the teacher. And if it's the students, you've got problems. Sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. You can text or call us at 1-833-401-1440. On Twitter, at Low Tide and at Declan Kruger. And the lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, it's same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road, wolfgmcbuick.com. Our guest today, Steve Lansky from Big Mouth Sports, Tyler Uremchuk uh, from Daily Faceoff, and we'll have declinations from our friend. Do, do you have... Declan Kruger, do you have what you're what you're doing? I do, I do. So I'm going to be keeping it very general. I mean, I mean it's going to be a double declinations today. I did double. Well, wait the, a minute, wait a minute. We only have time for one. No, don't worry. I'll make it quick. But I did it for the love of the show. Extra prep, not a big deal. Oh, okay. But what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be doing the top five best and worst teams to this point of the NHL season. So number I think five, I know what the five worst is. <laughs> so number five is going to be, of course, the fifth best and the fifth worst. We'll work it all the way up to number one, which is going to be the best and the worst team in the league. That'll be a twelve forty. Okay, I, I think I know some of the answers. Yeah, I mean, some of them are is pretty it, general. Some of them are pretty easy to pick up. Is one of the, the declinations heavy in Alberta content? L- no spoilers, but <laughs> I think you may be onto something. Uh, okay, all right, look forward to it. Okay, look, there's lots to talk about here, and let's, let's begin at the beginning. Whether it's me or Declan or Steve Lansky or Tyler Gramchuk or you texting in, we all have opinions about the Edmonton Oilers, okay? And... So we're going to disagree, but we can do that as adults, and we don't have to name call Declan. Um, Oilers have a new system. It looks to me as though they're not able to execute that system. In five games, if they don't figure it out, I don't think it matters. If the Oilers sink with 20 men or 21 men on the roster, then I think Ken Holland will be replaced. If the Oilers don't win much at all in the next five games, I don't think Jay Woodcroft can survive. If that happens, 97 and 29 immediately get freedom. Because remember when Rick Nash asked out of Columbus? He said, look, I know you're rebuilding again. I know you're going to redo this. I I need to go. you got to let me go. And they did. They traded him to the New York Rangers. The Edmonton Oilers have to make this work, and I don't know if they can do it. This is one of those things where um, for 20 years on the blog, I've sort of given you my impression of which way the wind's blowing. The blog asks the following question every day. What is the manager thinking? What is the coach thinking? What is the scouting director thinking? Today, now... I am, the blog is, my writing at The Athletic is saying, what is the general manager thinking? What is the coach thinking? Because it doesn't make sense to me. If you can't give your coach options, then you need to trade somebody or send someone down or LTIR someone so you can get more than 20 people on the roster every night. You need to give options. Somebody's got to sit. I mean, I will give Jay Woodcroft credit. He moved Philip Broberg up last night. And Evan Bouchard had a good game on the third pair. 
This this Edmonton Oilers team is a mystery wrapped in a riddle, and I think we're looking at something dire here. Maybe I'm wrong, but I can't sugarcoat this for you. I can't say to you, hey, you've got a calm owner who's not going to overreact. I can't say to you, well, I'm seeing things that are that are pretty positive here. I think they'll get out of this. I'm not seeing any of that. Last night, the New York Rangers, good team, not a great team, good team. They looked like the 1987 Edmonton Oilers. Did you see how many passes went? Gorgeous passes. Bing, bang, bong in the net. And I thought Stuart Skinner played pretty well, at least most of the time. Holy, I, I, I am absolutely overwhelmed by how poorly this team defends. And look, I understand Connor McDavid isn't in the lineup, so there's not a lot of offense going on. But and my understanding is the leadership group spoke last night after the game, good. But it's going to take more than that. This team is is not right. And I'm surprised. I'm not one of those. I picked them to win the Stanley Cup. I am not one of those who goes, well, I'm not sure about this. I think this team should not be far away. I don't know why they're like this. I don't understand why a simple change in defensive alignment would cause this. But if they're going to be stubborn about it, then a new coach is going to be stubborn about it too. And you can say all you want. Well, one, five, and one, that's not that bad. Sure, but they have to play better. What about last night tells you they're coming out of the funk? What did you see in that game that tells you, hey, you know, I I think they're going to turn it around. They have one hope. This is like This is like watching a... Batman episode or a Superman episode. You know, you've got to, you got to, you're in Gotham and you, the mayor has got to call him. You just, it, there's nothing else you can do. They need, they need Connor McDavid to come in and win them a game. And maybe that happens Sunday. I, I'll tell you this do not be surprised at all if Connor McDavid it plays on Sunday. And I, I do think that Ken, uh, Ken Holland today, I haven't seen the waiver wire. Have you seen the waiver wire? I haven't seen it. I know that DJ Smith told everybody, Ottawa Senators uh, media, that Thomas Shabazz going to miss four to six weeks. But if, if there's nobody on waivers, then the orders are going to stay the course, unless they put Ryan McLeod on uh, LTIR. I think Bruce McCurdy mentioned that yesterday. It's weird. It is weird. You know, ordinarily, for 20 years, I've been able to read this team and what they're doing and what's going on. And I think Jay Woodcroft's a good coach. And Ken Holland has brought this team to where they are today and imperfectly sure. But they have a lot of talent on this team. They shouldn't be this bad. I wrote in The Athletic today about the injuries, and they are real. Matias Ekholm... Uh, Connor Brown, Evander Kane, Ryan McLeod. That's four guys among 20. Four guys among the 18 skaters. And, you know, the job of this show is to be entertaining. I don't know how entertaining I'm being right now, but I am being honest with you. This is, this can't happen. You can't be this bad. And Matthias Ekholm isn't quite right. 
Darnell Nurse and Cody Cece, until last night, I thought they played pretty well. I think Nurse had a pretty tough game. That does happen. But the Oilers don't seem to be in a lot of plays, and they don't seem to be getting to the puck in a lot of plays. They're also in photo pretty much everywhere. And I, I hate to say this, but what happens in those situations, in my experience watching sports over many years, is the coach gets fired. And I, I think it's early to be doing this, but I think that, that this team needs a spark. And maybe it's Connor McDavid Sunday. I'm sure Jay Woodcroft's thinking about that. They are very limited in roster options because they only have 20 players. Unless McDavid comes back, then it's 21. And, I mean, you could make a trade today. You could trade Warren Fogle or Brett Kulak or Cody Ceci. But if you didn't do it in the summer and you didn't do it in in training camp, then why do it now? And if we start talking about the draft and offloading at the trade deadline, then I don't think we'll be talking about Ken Holland and Jay Woodcroft. And I'm not sure where this organization will go. Jeff Jackson is the the head of the CEO of the team. I don't know that he's ever been in a position like this. I don't know how many how many managers have. The last guy I remember who was in this kind of situation was Sam Pollock in 1969-70 with the Montreal Canadiens. They'd won the cup in 68 and 69. They missed the playoffs in 70, and they won it again in 71. I guess that's the solution when Stanley Cup's all around this year. I don't know how they're this bad, folks. I just don't. They The roster didn't get that much upheaval. It's not because Kotaro Yamamoto isn't on the team. Is it? No. Can't be. And Ryan Murray was on last year's team to begin the year. One five and one is not 20 games. The experts say, well, wait 20 games. And I'm all for that. But what I'm seeing on the ice is, is I don't even know if it's lethargy. I don't, I don't know what the word is. We'll ask Lansky. He's good at framing these issues. But the Oilers, I thought Stuart Skinner played well last night, and he deserved a better fate. And they didn't have Connor McDavid. But I felt the only time they had a real chance was Leon. Pretty frustrating if you're an Edmonton Oilers fan. And they got booed off the ice. Understand what's at stake here. Understand what we're talking about. Because I don't think they can rebuild. I don't think they can say to Leon and Connor, like next summer, to Leon, hey, you know, sign for another six years. We got this. When Connor McDavid reaches free agency two summers from now, he will have spent 11 years in Edmonton trying to win a Stanley Cup. Does anybody question that he's been doing his best? I mean, if Connor McDavid said he won't, but if he said today, yeah, I think I'm out, could anybody blame him? Could you blame him? Would you blame him? What's a new coach going to bring to the team that Woodcroft isn't? Well, fresh voice, you probably get a veteran coach. Um, the owner often feels uh, in situations like this that, that uh, the team needs to be to wake up. You need a strong coach to get in there and you know get angry. Uh, a John Totorella type. Maybe that happens. I don't know.
I don't know. Like I, I, I can't imagine. I think Jay Woodcroft's a smart guy. I really do. I think he's he's done a lot of innovative things. But you 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 can't have this many grievous errors. You can How many how many passes across the high slot were there last night that were not defended and ended up in if not goals and glorious chances. It's a ton. You know, for 20 years on the blog and many years on the radio, probably 14, I've come on every day or written every day about what the situation is. And we've had fun. We, you know, the 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 Stanley Cup final uh, in 06 was a blast. The 17 run was great. The two more recent playoff runs have been fun. I don't want to go back to the Gales of November remembered. I don't want to go back to writing about the Donner Party. I don't want to talk about Nader's Raiders. I, I'm i sick of it. I don't want to talk about the draft. I love Corey Pronman. I love Scott Wheeler. I don't want to talk to them. This, this town has had it with hope. It's time to deliver. And in, in that window, the expectation was something was going to happen. And it's not here. And it is proper to ask why, whether you're a fan or the media or Ken Holland. And I think a lot of this is about injury. I wrote about it today in The Athletic. Because I don't think everybody forgot how to play hockey. Matthias Ekholm doesn't look right. The nurse CC pair looks okay. I don't mind them at all. Brett Kulak doesn't look quite right. The goaltenders need to stop more pucks. But Connor Brown, Evander Kane, Ryan McLeod, even Zach Hyman a little bit. And, of course, Connor McDavid. That's a lot of injuries. And you can say, well, they'll get them all back. But, okay, will they get back 100%? Like, Helm's not there yet. When McDavid comes back, he might not be 100%. And then there could be more injuries. Sometimes in life, and I'm sorry to say it, and I hope I'm wrong, sometimes in life, there's a cascade. Cascade's a tricky word because it... it it can mean a couple of different things. But sometimes in life, there's a cascade. You may have seen it with individuals that you know, people you love, and maybe they have, you know, issues, and, and it, it just it kind of goes downward. But a cascade for an NHL team like the Oilers can be devastating. When, when all the water is flowing down, I'm going to bring up a Talking Heads uh, reference in a minute here, but... It, it Sometimes you just watch in wonder as things fall apart when they looked fine, when everybody agreed that you could walk safely around the building and then all of a sudden it all falls down. And the Edmonton Oilers were a strong team two springs in a row, and they put up big numbers twice in a row. And I know a lot of that as Conor McDavid, and I know a lot of that as Leon Dreisaitl. But those guys were playing during the losses, too. At least McDavid was playing during most of them. And Leon played during all of them. This is a weird one. And I know that the people who bet against the Oilers are thrilled. And I know the people who love the Oilers are are devastated. And I wish, I wish the words could come to me to comfort you. I don't have them. I do not have them. 
This is as rare as rare can be. Do me a favor today. Type into Google 1969-70 Montreal Canadiens and you will be awash with a roster of Hall of Famers who missed the playoffs right in the middle of a Stanley Cup run of three out of four years. Just mind-boggling. And I think that's the description we can use for this. It is mind-boggling that this team, with all of the talent, with all of the knowledge that those cross-ice passes are going to be damn dangerous for the goalie who can't get over, instead of calling it the Royal Road, in Edmonton it's called Easy Street. And we are here. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Driven by Wolf GMC Buick. New name, it's same great team. Find them on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. WolfGMCBuick.com. I mean, if the content isn't happy, surely to God we can make the happy music. Well, listen, little double entendre there. Did you hear those lyrics? Oh, Where yeah. were those happy days? They seem so far away. I, I had. I don't want to uh, say. I, I don't want to say. I hit that one out of the ballpark, but not a bad <laughs> choice. But old Declan, Declan guy. When I was a uh, teenager, that song came out, and I had a friend Terry, and in the song, they sing. The ladies sing. Uh, when you're gone, I don't know how I can carry on. And he, for some reason, thought it was, when you're gone, I go home and listen to the stereo. Okay. and That's not bad. <laughs> so so when, you're, when your friend is singing that, you're like, I don't, I don't know. That's, I don't know if that's it, but it was good. I enjoyed that. Low Tide, before we get into NHL rumors, mm-hmm. you, were, you, were, you, were, you were working your magic in segment one. I wasn't going to dare try and get a word in. Sure. But before we get, listen, this is, this is going to be our overreaction of the month. Right now by me. But right. it comes in the form of a question. Sure. And I know there's 75 games left. Mm-hmm. Are you 100% certain this is a playoff team? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's all I, I wanted to hear. Yeah, I am. I, 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 but, but understand uh, the Sam Pollock, who would probably, probably the smartest, brightest hockey mind ever, he thought the 69-70 Habs were too. If you look at their roster, there's it's just... It's just overflowing with Hall of Famers. And yeah, but sometimes circumstances make that not possible. The one thing I would say is that team had championship fatigue wearing on them. The Oilers don't have that excuse. Sure, but the Oilers do have some things. They're not excuses. I wrote about it today. Injuries are not excuses, but they exist. Matthias Ekholm missed the entire training camp, and he's still trying to get back to 100%. And Connor Brown, uh, he had a point-blank chance when the game was still in doubt last night. And I don't even, I don't know what happened. I still don't know where the puck, it didn't go far. I mean, I that's what I looked like on the golf course. So, and I'm not, like, I like Connor Brown. I think he's skating well. He's getting there. He's just got to get his timing back. Uh, Evander Kane, people are talking about, well, he's rambunctious now. I don't need him to be rambunctious if I'm Jay Woodcroft. I need him to score. I need more shots on goal. And... I think that, that there's enough in the lineup that you can you can question how much has been bitten out of them, including Connor McDavid, by injuries. All of that said, I, I believe they're a, they're a playoff team, but they are sure not playing like one, and pretty soon it won't matter what they are. 
Low tide, yes, there were injuries. Seems to me like 70 to 80% of this mental. So what are the options for dealing with this besides new coach? Great show. I, I think you're right. Like, that's sort of what I said at the beginning here is, is uh, like, there's only so, you can't fire 20 guys. You know, um, you, you reach a point, I think, where, and we're, we're talking about Daryl Cates here. This goes above Ken Holland. This goes above uh, everybody involved in management. And I know there's a bunch of new names, but but it this is sort of, you know, I guess Jeff Jackson would be talking to Daryl Cates. But I'm sure, like, part of the job, I think, of Jeff Jackson or anybody who speaks to the owner is to calm them down. Because I'm assuming that Daryl Cates has friends. And I'm assuming they're calling him. And they're saying, what the hell, man? And that makes people mad. And he's the owner, and he wants performance. And there's a big outdoor game, and they want it to be great, and it's not going to be. And, uh, you know, you're like, Kate spends to the cap. Like He has a right to say, wait a minute, I need return on my investment here. I was expecting a Stanley, and this is, I don't know what this is, but it's not that. But what what you do... I think you have to stay the course. I do. I, I think you have to say all the right things until you fire Woodcroft. I would I would have loved to have seen Adam Ernie on waivers today and a recall of somebody else. I, that's what I would have done. And I know it's small, but you you right now you're just you're you're saying okay we weren't good last night. We weren't really involved in the game. Our goalie kept us in it for a while, and we had good structure for a time, and then it fell apart, and we weren't ever a threat to tie the game after down one nothing. That's pretty tough. Now, the ace in the hole for Ken Holland is Connor McDavid's coming back. But let me ask you something. All of those are saying don't panic. What if Connor McDavid comes back and they lose on Sunday? Then what? This is a hole. This is a big hole now. You're almost 10% of the time through the year, and you're really, I mean, you. I think you're ahead of San Jose. Oh, low tide. The psyche of fans in Edmonton can't handle all this doom and gloom. Sure, there's all that looming contract stuff, but that doesn't need to define us this year. This year, we have a shot. It's not always going to be pretty. We got that in the 80 cents for enough for a lifetime. This team never makes it easy on themselves. This year, we have a shot, and it hasn't gone away. They'll figure it out. They'll turn it around. You'll see. I think today we just look forward to the childlike wonder and spectacle that an outside game brings us under the bright lights and dark skies and hopefully snow against our favorite rivals. What could be better than that? Well, I think a win would be better. I think Edmonton Oilers fans would be thrilled with a win on Sunday. You know, if 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 you can right the ship now, then I think that this goes away. But I said that yesterday. And if I'm saying it again Monday, sooner or later, you the, the options run out. And boy, oh boy, it did not look to me like those players were listening to the coaches last night. There was a lot of shoddy play again. And the Rangers, they made the Rangers look like the 1987 Edmonton Oilers. The Rangers cannot be more happy that they were visited here. When do you start worrying about the next steps, or the next season, sorry, I, I I don't think you can if you're the Oilers. You just can't. You because you can't if you're if you're Jackson or Cates or Holland or Woodcroft, you can't because the there there are just some things that are not thinkable. These are the unthinkable things. 
missing the playoffs, trading Connor McDavid, trading Leon Dreisaitl, losing Connor McDavid to free agency for nothing, losing Leon Dreisaitl to free agency for nothing. Now, the points about Dreisaitl and McDavid are really, really serious. I don't know how you get there. But one thing I do know is if they rip off, like go 15-5-0, then we're not talking about this anymore. If they go 1-5-1 again, I'm not going to be the only guy talking about this. I know I'm right. Sooner or later, somebody's going to say the following, probably out of Toronto to piss you off even more. They're going to say, how long does Connor McDavid have to put up with this? That's what they'll say. And you know what? They'll be right. I don't think this is a 1-5-1 and team. I do not. But you know, the standings tell me to go to hell. They say, we don't care what you think, Low Tide. We've got proof. We have proof in the standings. This is dire. Nuge, Nurse, Leon, shopping them. Tough decisions need to be made. You can't do it. So you can't do it. You can't trade Connor McDavid. People are, are texting me all the time and, and sending me tweets saying, nobody can afford to sign him. He can only sign here. Come on. Come on. Go look at what the Bernie Nichols, Wayne Gretzky trade looked like. You're going to get an overpriced guy, and then you're going to get a, a bunch of pieces. That's what you'd get for McDavid. Gates is better off just running out the contracts with both of them, trying to win. Because whatever he gets will be talked about. You, you know how much I mock the Marc Messier return? Every day. Mock, mock, mock. Because it just wasn't enough, and they knew it. So nobody wants to hear this, but I'm wondering what you what would you throw in along with our first-round pick to trade Nurse? Okay, there's a bunch of problems there. Nurse has a no-movement clause. He's he's absolutely one of your best defensemen, if not the best, with Ekholm not at 100%. Nurse hasn't been the problem this year, folks. Uh, I, he just hasn't. Good morning, guys. Great show. I think the problem is Woodcroft. I said it when they hired him. Sure, we got the bump and made the playoffs and conference final in his first year. I don't think he holds his top players accountable enough and is over-disciplines his younger players, like Holloway, for one lousy play. Doesn't make sense. I know we've had a lot of coaches, but I think he gets outcoached and worries about trying to fool the media too much, my opinion from Rowdy Rodney. The, the opinion that is going gonna, is gonna to reach um, uh, um, larger voices are going to be saying it in the next while is... Because this is what happens. I was a Montreal Expos fan when they traded Gary Carter, and I will tell you this is what happens. So somebody, not me, I won't write it. I will not be that guy. Somebody will write the following. Something along the lines of, well, they're not winning anything with McDavid. And that'll be it. It'll be, well, McDavid never really, you know, became a 200-foot player. Yeah. That's what happens. Losing teams blame the wrong people. The Montreal Expos couldn't win anything. So they said, well, you know, Gary Carter, big money, comes in every day, smiles with those big teeth of his, hits home runs, plays great catcher. What else does he do? 
well, okay, trade him to the Mets and he'll win a World Series. That's what happens. There's a there's a mentality that goes with not being a winning organization. And w- w- my frustration is this. The t- I, Michael Parkati is so smart. I don't even know whether he's in the meetings yet. I mean, I don't know how long it takes to get, you know, um, acquainted with these things. But he could really help. He would be a smart guy saying, look, the underlying numbers are good. We've got to get McDavid back here. We've got to get a roster that has a little more room to wheel. And, you know, if, if Matthias Ekholm needs to rest, then then let him rest. If Evander Kane isn't right, let him get right. If Connor Brown isn't right or Brett Kulak, some of these guys, I don't think they're 100%. Well, you know, if you're going to lose games, lose games with youth who were called up and you played them for a few games. When Jay Woodcroft first arrived here, he brought two defensemen who were rookies, Philip Broberg and Marcus Niemelainen, and he put them in the lineup. He did. I think William Lagesson might even have been in that game. By the way, the Leafs have recalled William Lagesson. There you go. Every once in a while, the Toronto Maple Leafs get a former Edmonton Oilers defenseman, and then they use him like a yo-yo between the Marlies and the Leafs. Uh, last time it was Martin Marinson who was there for several years, and he'd go back and forth. And now it might be William Lagesson. Or Bill, as we like to call him. Andrei Svechnikov, ready to come back for Carolina. They've been struggling. Some of the t- really good teams in the league have been struggling. No one's been struggling like the Edmonton Oilers. No. No, I'm sorry. I don't buy it. I know Calgary's had a poor record. I know others are, are not doing what they're supposed to be doing. The Oilers this year aren't getting that great goaltending that they got a year ago or when Mike Smith was here. Stuart Skinner isn't bailing them out, although I thought he played well last night. But the Oilers just aren't tight. And everybody's saying, well, it's the new system. How hard is this new system? It can't be that hard. These are coachable players. They're smart players. So is it the teacher or is it the is it the folks who are trying to anticipate this? When that pass is coming, you, you have to know it is and you've got to get in the shooting lane or you've got to stop the pass. What happened last night? The New York Rangers are not the 1987 Edmonton Oilers. Why did they look like it? And, you know, Jay Woodcroft, is you know, he was a video coach. I imagine he knows the video as well as anybody. I've said it before. I said it again. I'll say it all summer. It's execution. What are they worried about that they're not executing? Are they looking for the big hit? Are they looking for the big pass? Are they, are they floating the zone too quickly? What? They can't possibly be this bad. Now. Instead of me ranting, as I've done for 35 minutes now, my friend Declan is going to have declinations. And what is it again you're doing? So I'm going to be doing it's a double declinations. It's going to be the top five best and top five worst teams in the NHL up to this point in the season. Listen, I, I know it's a small sample sample size. Roughly 10% of the season has happened, not even actually. So, you know, there's not a lot to go off of, but I'm going to be breaking down the top five worst and the top five best teams in the NHL, in my opinion, up to this point in the season. Love it. All right. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. Powered by Wolf GMC Buick. And by the way, I want to thank Jack's Drive-In. They dropped off some milkshakes today. I had a vanilla. Oh, my God. 
I don't have milkshakes often anymore. I'm out, I've, I've, you know, lived out the window of the, hey, let's grab a quick milkshake. That said, when I do, I, I have Jack's and my goodness, it was good. It was vanilla. You know how hard it is to do a vanilla milkshake well? It's not like chocolate where you just put in some gloops of chocolate and it's done. you got to do it right. Yeah, loved it. All right. Are you ready for, we, do we have an intro? We don't. We don't have anything. I'll get, I'll get one made up. Because this be, segment is there. This is listen. This is when this is when the ratings go through the roof. When we have declinations <laughs> on Friday, that's when the people tune in. Well, I think people will They're enjoy done. hearing you They're instead done hearing of me. You ramble now. by well, by the time Friday rolls around. How many around. times is Low Tide going to say this in a different way? They know? want some declinations. There you go. Okay, shoot. All right, number five. So for uh, for clarity, if I uh, if you missed the top of the uh, show here, I'm going to be doing the I'm going to be doing two teams per number. Working my way up to number one, which is going to be the best team and the worst team in the NHL. So number five, the fifth worst worst team, fifth best team. Number five, I have Chicago. Now, li- listen, Chicago has played an incredibly tough schedule. The Bruins twice, the Knights, the Abs, the Leafs, which they actually won. So I was hesitant to put them on this list. But at the end of the day, results have to matter. And the points you have in the standings have to matter. And they just don't have those. They have four points in seven games. They haven't won at home. They're tied for the third least goals in the, uh, in the NHL. And their leading scorer through seven games, Corey Perry, with five points. So they got to be there. They got to be one of the bottom five teams for my money. And, and also... I said at the beginning of the year that like I like Bedard, but people were like you know talking about him. He's got he's, he's seven games. He got four points. There's nothing wrong with that. He, he's McDavid was on a different level. He just was, yes. especially with foot speed. Yes, and he's undersized. Number uh, number five for the best team. I have the Leafs at five and two. Listen, they they only have a plus six goal differential, but they're three and one on the road. They've won three in a row here, two of which were in Dallas and in Tampa. Uh, they have plenty of guys scoring. Matthews, he's cooled off after the back-to-back Hatties to start the season. Um, but listen, 10 points in seven games, it's a tough division. I have them at number five. I like it. Number four, Seattle, two, four, and two. Their, uh, their four regulation losses were by three goals or more. They put up seven against the Canes, but everyone's scoring against the Canes these days. Other than that, they've left a little to be desired offensively. Grubauer has looked terrible for my money. Granted, I haven't been watching too many cracking game uh, start to finish, so they're the fourth worst team. Fourth best? The Wings, 5-2-1. and one. Listen, these guys have been a wagon offensively most wagon, goals for in nice. the NHL wagon. Most you goals for in the people. NHL this year. That No, come on, that's a hockey term. Everyone knows wagon. Uh, Two-game skid here, but they've been putting pucks in the back of the net. Larkin and Debrinkat have a start, you two. Uh, second and third in the league in points. Debrinkat leading the way in goals with nine. They're my number four team. Three. The Flames. Two, five, and one. Listen, Sunday is a get-right game for both teams. They don't have anything that looks incredible offensively. I mean, Manjapani and Lindholm have been serviceable, I guess. I think they both have six points so far in eight games. Nothing about the team... No, nothing about the team is really overly impressive, I guess, to put it mildly. I think if you just pulled anyone and said, hey, who is the most 2-5-1 team right now, the Flames would be at the top of that list. And for that reason, I have them as the third worst team in the NHL. No. Third best, Boston. Yeah. Listen, they're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. They have been phenomenal defensively. I mean, Swayman and Olmark have both been incredible. I, I wrote it down here. Olmark, 
174 GAA with a 937 save percentage. Swayman, 130, 1.34 GAA with a 957 save percentage. Both have three wins. Olmark did have the, the uh, OT loss there, but both have been incredible. The team has been incredible defensively and the least amount of goals scored against them in the NHL this season. Nice. That's a nice set of numbers there. Oh, yeah, they've been they've been great. They've been great. You, we all know offense puts butts in the seats, but defense wins championships. Well, we know that in Edmonton. I think offense wins a little bit of championships too. Number two, listen, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to put them here. I was trying to find justification to put the flames here, to put the crack in here, but I just can't do it. it it's got to be the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, the third most goals given up in the NHL, the second worst goal differential, the second least points in the NHL so far. Listen, we've covered it. You know, we, we you've covered it. We've talked about the defensive zone lapses. We've talked about how poor things looked. We've talked about the new system, which I don't blame them for, of course. Like, it's, you know, a new system isn't the reason for individual defensive assignments missed in front of the net. But, I mean, at 1-5-1 one, and one, and a lot of games where they don't look co- even competent defensively, I have to say at this point they're the second-worst team in the NHL. I don't think there's any doubt. Yes, thank you. I, I'm Okay, good. I'm glad. I thought I might get a little bit of pushback on that one because I was thinking, I was like, you know what, maybe I can flip them in the flames. And uh, get low tide off my back a little bit. But to hear you agree, I like to hear that. Because I think the Flames have been better, objectively better than them. We're going to see on Sunday. But I think to this point, the Flames have been objectively a better team. Number two, Colorado, 6-1. and one. Uh, Listen, I know they've won less point than Boston. But I think they've looked a little bit more complete to me, especially offensively. Like we talked about all the things uh, Boston's been doing defensively and with their goaltending. I think I think Colorado has looked very complete offensively. Rantanen's been playing out of his mind. Makar has obviously been great. So, you know, it does. I don't have to say much else. I have them at number two. Yeah, I don't think there's any, any problem with that. They're very good. And listen, the, the number one teams I think were pretty easy to pick for a lot of people. I think everyone knew which two teams were going to be here. The worst. Some people might have thought it was going to be the go with the Oilers, be a little too hard of them. But it is, of course, the San Jose Sharks. No surprise here. It's bad in San Jose. Eight goals in seven games. By far the least in the league. They have the worst goal differential by a mile. Um, that you, know, you know, listen. They, they the games they've played like they've just looked so beatable through and through. They haven't looked like they have any sort of flow to them, rhythm to them. And again, I like it, same, similar with the Seattle Kraken. I think I've only watched one Sharks game front front to end, but just from the highlights and the articles, it's bad there. And it's going to be a long time before this team gets good. I have them as the worst team in the NHL. Yeah, I, I don't. The, the, you know, you'd like to. You know, if, if you were. If you're only interested in shock value, you'd say the Oilers, but San Jose is on a different Yeah, level. and listen, they play the Canes today, and the Canes haven't looked nearly as good as I thought they were going to be, but you would have to think that's going to be another loss. Now, I touched on it. Everyone scores against the Canes, but these, these San Jose Sharks just don't score, period. So well, I don't the Canes know. have injuries, though. Like, yes, Svechnikov no, sure. is coming back. He's coming and back, Pesci's though. out. Yep. Like, you know, and the Oilers do, too. I'm not saying that, that you know, no, I don't, but, people are responding to my article saying, well, yeah, it's just an excuse. But no, you've you got to factor these things in. What yes. I don't understand is is why they're not, and I didn't see any waivers. I don't know whether there were any waivers or not today. Um, but right now it looks to me like the Oilers are, are pretty satisfied, and I don't know why. I sure wouldn't be. Number one, Vegas Golden Knights. I mean, seven. I can't believe yeah. you did this to us. What, what a shock. We're Listen. sitting here and surprised to our boots about this. Imagine if I just threw out like the Rangers, who were it was. Listen, it was between the Rangers and the Leafs for that fifth spot. I gave it to the Leafs just because 
I think they, the Oilers made the Leafs or the Rangers look really good. Yeah, I, listen, I like the Rangers. They were they were they were number six to be fair. But I'll get back to the, I'll get back to Vegas. Number one, listen, like I said, haven't exactly played a murderer's row. They're beating the teams they're supposed to beat. They're getting the points they're supposed to get. Um, what do I have written down here? They've uh, for the most part they've done it without Petriangelo and Martinez, and they have the best goal differential in the league. That's all you can ask for after seven games. So for that reason, they're my number one team in the NHL. Yeah, I want to talk to you today. Right now. Do I have time yet? Yeah. I mentioned something on my blog, and people are pushing back on it, and I I don't know why, because everything I say is brilliant. And you've come to humble Declan for his opinion? <laughs> no, I, 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 um, I mentioned today about the fact that the, the, the Edmonton owners can't trade their first-round pick. They can't do it now. And there's a, there's a reason why. And it, it involves the 2017 NHL draft where the Colorado Avalanche, who were a pretty darn good team, they had uh, 112, 90, and 82 points in the previous seasons, and then they had 48 points, and then they went back to 95. They just had a stinker of a year, and it was under Jared Bednar in the first year of his time, and they ended up drafting fourth, and they got Kale McCarr. Look, I'm not saying that the Edmonton Oilers can't trade the pick. They can, but if they trade the pick and it ends up being Kale McCarr, you're going to have more hell than a little bit. And when you draft fourth overall, you're not drafting a guy who's going to be here five years from now. The orders are, the, they, 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 technically speaking, they still have their own fate in their own hands. But watching them, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of desire or there's a lot of belief that has left that room in a quick hurry. And you you can't get mad at the 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 coach for not benching people when he doesn't have anybody in the press box. Who are they gonna you know you can you can run short I guess. Yeah, but that's just you're just embarrassing the players at that point. Yeah, I agree. I with mean, that. listen, I you got to do what you got to do to win, and I get that. And if they, if that's what happens, if you play with six defensemen, eleven forwards, and you think that's the best team on the ice that's going to win you hockey games, I'm not no. mad at it. But to do it just to do it to embarrass a player to send a message, I don't love that. But if it's going to win you hockey games, I have no problem with it. Well, it won't. You need that's to have thing. as many people yes, as you can exactly. on the ice. And I and I do think that the 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 Edmonton Oilers look they're going to win games, but are they going to win forty five or are they going to win thirty two? And right now, I I have to say that they are, for such a talented team, they look really poor, like really, really poor. And I'm surprised by that, genuinely. I picked them to win the Stanley Cup. There's no, I'm not dancing a jig here. I, I'm shocked they are this bad. But I'm just telling you what I see. I see a defeated team. I see a team that, that knows what's coming and apparently is unable to make any kind of impact on a play. Otherwise, you can't explain the the passes, cross-ice passes, quick zip passes that gave at least a couple of goals and many more chances last night. It was like, I think it was Nurse who slammed his stick down. I'm like, well, you know, they, they have not been getting in the way. The, the opposition has been getting away in the order, uh, the way of the order shots. How long do we wait for the number eight pick to make a difference? Well, I don't think you can blame Roberg. Roberg played pretty well. Will the coaching staff change a system that doesn't work? Well, I thought it doesn't matter. 
the coaching staff is losing the ability to make the decision. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that Jay Woodcroft, I think that he could have handled things a little differently earlier, but now I, I think that I think the coaching staff is sort of at the mercy of the players right now. I mean, they've been over this. It's not this is this isn't like brain surgery. It's there's two basic kinds of systems. The orders were convinced of or talked themselves into or decided that moving from man to man to zone was the key. However, they've explained it to the players, it doesn't seem to be working. And you know, you're in a submarine. And you're, you know, searching for Red Hawktober, and some guy looks at you and say, you idiot, you killed us. That's what you're looking at right now. I I don't think there's any other way to say it. The Edmonton Oilers have outsmarted themselves, and it's going to cost jobs. The only alternative to that, I think, is that Connor McDavid saves the day. And if he does save the day, it would be nice if the team paid him back with strong play, and they went on a run. The orders are luring the rest of the league into a false sense of security. They're going to explode all of a sudden and blow everyone away. Well, it's in them to play well. I don't know if they're going to blow everybody away. So you don't think you should bench players. Ice time should be earned. Brad, I'm saying they, they, they can't bench players because they don't have anybody to, to, to replace them. They got 20 guys. You dress 20 guys. You dress two goalies, six defensemen, or seven, and then 11 or 12 forwards. Who are you going to bench? Who are you going to bench? You don't have anybody to bench. You don't have enough players. That's the roster that was created by loading up on all the players that they do have. And again, you know, n- not not making any moves. Like I-, I don't understand why the waiver wire wasn't wasn't busier. Today, I don't understand. Like I I just don't. The. The Edmonton Oilers are going to go down with a ship. That's just the way it is. Otherwise, this doesn't make any sense. They have decided this is the group. And maybe they're right. You know, Ken Holland is known as a very patient guy. But watching last night, it looked like a pretty tough game for those players. And they had a meeting afterwards. We'll see about Sunday. My guess is Connor McDavid plays. How much of a difference? How much does he play? We do not know. Now, you think I'm negative. You wait till Steve Lansky hits the radio. And we also have my friend Tyler Uremchuk from Daily Faceoff on the way in hour number two. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your sports 1440 update, six games in the NHL tonight. It all gets going with the Blackhawks and Golden Knights at 4 p.m. Florida Panthers center Sam Bennett, who has yet to play this season, has returned to practice and could be back in the lineup when Florida hosts the Kraken tomorrow night. 
Hurricanes have activated forward Andre Sveshnikov from injured reserve. Sveshnikov suffered a serious knee injury last season, sidelining him for the last part of the regular season and the team's push to the Eastern Conference Finals in the playoffs. Senators defenseman Thomas Shabbat will be out four to six weeks with a fractured hand, according to head coach DJ Smith. And in NFL news, New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones is out for this Sunday's game against the crosstown rival New York Jets. He's suffering a neck injury, and it will be Tyrod Taylor starting again in Jones's place. Six games in the AJHL tonight, including the Shored Park Crusaders hosting the Drumheller Dragons at the Shored Park Arena. Puck drop for that one at 7. Oil Kings also in action tonight in WHL action. They're playing Medicine Hat in Medicine Hat, and that game goes at 7 o'clock as well. The U of A Golden Bears wrap up their regular season tomorrow at home versus UBC. The Golden Bears suffered their only loss of the season at the hands of the Thunderbirds and will have a chance to make amends tomorrow at 1 at Footfield. You can get tickets at the door or watch on canwesttv.ca. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been a Sports 1440 Update.